Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, Chapter 11, Leo. Leo didn't stick around after Piper turned beautiful. Sure, it was amazing and all. She got makeup. It's a miracle. But Leo had problems to deal with. He ducked out of the amphitheater and ran into the darkness, wondering what he'd got himself into. He'd stood up in front of a bunch of stronger, braver demigods and volunteered volunteered for a mission that would probably get him killed. He didn't mention seeing Tia Kalita, his old babysitter, but as soon as he'd heard about Jason's vision, the old lady in the black dress and shawl, Leo knew it was the same woman. Tia Kalita was Hera. His evil babysitter was the queen of the gods. Stuff like that could really deep fry your brain. He trudged towards the woods and tried not to think about his childhood. All the messed up things that led to his mother's death. But he couldn't help it. The first time Tia Kalida tried to kill him, he must have been t- about two. Tia Kalida was looking after him while his mother was at the machine shop. She wasn't really his aunt, of course. Just one of the old women in the community. A generic Tia who helped watch the kids. She smelled like a honey-baked ham and always wore a widow's dress and a black shawl. Let's set you down for a nap, she said. Let's see if you're my brave little hero, eh? Leo was sleepy. She nestled him into his blanket in a warm mound of red and yellow pillows. The bed was like a cubby hole in the wall, made of blackened bricks and a metal slot over his head in a square hole far, far above where he could see the stars. He remembered resting comfortably, grabbing at the sparks like fireflies. He dozed and dreamed of a boat made of fire, sailing through the cinders. He imagined himself on the board, on board navigating the sky. Somewhere nearby, the Akalita sat in her rocking chair, creak, 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 and sang a lullaby. Even at two... Leo knew the difference between English and Spanish, and he remembered being puzzled because Tia Kalita was singing in a language that was neither. Everything was fine until his mother came home. She screamed and raced over to snatch him up, yelling at Tia Kalita, How could you? But the old lady had disappeared. Leo remembered looking over his mother's shoulder at the flames curling around his blanket. Only years later had he realized he'd been sleeping in a blazing fireplace. The weirdest thing... Tia Kalita hadn't been arrested or even banished from their house. She appeared several times over the next few years. Once, when Leo was three, she let him play with knives. You must learn your blades early, she insisted, if you are to be my hero someday. Leo managed not to kill himself, but he got the feeling Tia Kalita would have, wouldn't have cared one way or another. When Leo was four, Tia found a rattlesnake for him to for him in a nearby cow pasture. She gave him a stick and encouraged him to poke the animal. Where's your braver, bravery, little hero? Show me the fates were right to choose you. Leo stared down at those amber eyes, hearing the dry shh of the snake's rattle. He couldn't bring himself to poke the snake. It didn't seem fair. Apparently, the snake felt the same way about about biting a little kid. Leo could have sworn it looked at Tia Kalita like, Are you nuts, lady? Then it disappeared into the tall grass. The last time she babysit him, Leo was five. She brought him a pack of crayons and a pad of paper. They sat together at the picnic table in the wall of the back apartment complex under an old pecan tree. 
While Tia Kalita sang her strange songs, Leo drew a picture of the boat he'd seen in the flames, with colorful sails and a row of oars, a curved stern, and an awesome mashhead. When he was almost done, about to sign his name, the way he'd learned it in kinder kindergarten, a w the wind snatched the picture away. It flew into the sky and disappeared. Leo wanted to cry. He'd spent so much time on that picture, but Tia Kalita just clucked clucked with disappointment. It isn't time yet, my little hero. Someday you'll have your quest, you'll find your destiny, and your hard journey will finally make sense. But first you must face many sorrows. I regret that, but heroes cannot be shaped any other way. Now make a fire, eh? Warm those old bones. A few minutes later, Leo's mom came out and shrieked with horror. Tia Kalita was gone once again, but Leo sat in the middle of a smoking fire. The pad of paper was reduced to ashes. Crayons had melted into a bubbling puddle of multicolored goo, and Leo's hands were ablaze, slowly burning through the picnic table. For years afterwards, people in the apartment complex would wonder how someone had seared the impression of five-year-old's hands an inch deep into solid wood. Now Leo was sure that Tia Kalita, his psychotic babysitter, had been Hera all along. That made her, what, his godly grandmother? His family was even more messed up than he realized. He wondered if his mother had known the truth. Leo remembered after that last visit, his mom took him inside and had a long talk with him, but he only understood some of it. She can't come back again. His mom had a beautiful face with kind eyes and curly dark hair, but she looked older than she was because of hard work. The lines under her eyes were deeply etched. Her hands were collapsed. She was the first person from their family to graduate from college. She had a degree in mechanical engineering and could design anything, fix anything, build anything. No one would hire her. No company would take her seriously, so she ended up in the machine shop, trying to make enough money to support the two of them. She always smelled of machine oil, and when she talked with Leo, she switched from English to Spanish constantly, using them like a complimentary tools. It took Leo years to realize that not everyone spoke that way. She'd even taught him Morse code as kind of a game, so they could tap messages to each other when they were in different rooms. Love you? You okay? Simple things like that. I don't care what Kalida says, his mom told him. I don't care about destiny or the fates. You're too young for that. You're still my baby. She took his hands, looking for burn marks, but of course there weren't any. Leo, listen to me. Fire is a tool, like anything else, but it's more dangerous than most. You don't know your limits. Please promise me. No more fire until you meet your father. Someday, mijo, you will meet him. He'll explain everything. Leo had learned that since he... Leo had heard that since he could remember. Someday he would meet his dad. His mom wouldn't answer any questions about him. Leo had never met him, never seen any pictures. But she talked like he'd just gone for to the store for some milk, and he'd been back any minute. Leo tried to believe her. Someday, everything would make sense. For the next couple of years, they were happy. Leo almost forgot about the Ecolita. She, He still dreamed of the flying boat, but the other strange events seemed like a dream, too. It all came apart when he was eight. By then, he was spending every free hour at the machine shop with his mom. He knew how to use machines. He could measure and do maths better than most adults. He'd learned to think three-dimensional, solving mechanical problems in his head the way his mom did. One night, they stayed late because his mom was finishing a drill bit 
design she hoped to, pa- to patent. Patent. If she could sell the prototype, it might change their lives. She'd finally get a break. As she worked, Leo passed her supplies and told her corny jokes, trying to keep her spirits up. He loved when he could make her laugh. She'd smile and say, Your father would be so proud of you, mijo. You'll meet him soon, I'm sure. Mom's workplace was at the very back of the shop. It was kind of creepy at night because they they were the only ones there. Every sound echoed through the dark warehouse, but... Leo didn't mind as as long as he was with his mom. If he did wander to the shop, they could always keep it in touch with Morse code taps. Whenever they were ready to leave, they had to walk through the entire shop, through the break room and out of the parking lot, locking the doors behind them. That night, after finishing up, they just got to the break room and his mom realized she didn't have her keys. That's funny, she frowned. I know I had them. Wait here, mijo. I'll, it'll only be a minute. She gave him one more smile. The last one he'd ever get. And she went back into the warehouse. She'd only been gone a few heartbeats when the interior door slammed shut. Then the exterior door locked itself. Mom? Leo's heart pounded. Something heavy crashed inside the warehouse. He ran to the door, but no matter how hard he pulled or kicked, it wouldn't open. Mom! Frantically, he tapped a message on the wall. You okay? She can't hear you, a voice said. Leo turned himself, facing a strange woman. At first, he thought it was Tia Kalida. She wrapped, she was wrapped in black robes with a veil covering her face. Tia, he said. The woman chuckled, a slow, gentle sound, as if she were half asleep. I'm not your guardian, merely a family resemblance. What, what do you want? Where's my mom? Uh, loyal to your mother. How nice. But you see, I have children too, and I understand you will fight them someday. When they try to wake me, I you will prevent them. I cannot allow that. I don't know you. I don't want to fight anybody. She muttered like a sleepwalker in a trance. A wise choice. With a chill, Leo realized that woman was, in fact, asleep. Behind the veil, her eyes were closed. But even stranger, her clothes were not made of cloth. They were made of earth, dry black dirt, churning and shifting around her. Her pale, sleeping face was barely visible behind a curtain of dust, and he had a horrible sense that she'd just risen from the grave. If the woman was asleep, Leo wanted her to stay that way. He knew that fully awake, she would be even more terrible. I cannot destroy you yet, the woman muttered. The fates will not allow it, but they do not protect your mother, and they cannot stop me from breaking your spirit. Remember this night, little hero, when they ask you to oppose me. Leave my mother alone! Fear rose in his throat as the woman shuffled forward. She moved more like an avalanche than a person, a dirt wall, a dark wall of earth shifting towards him. How will you stop me? She whispered. She walked straight through the table, the particles of her body reassembling on the other side. She loomed over Leo, and he knew she would pass right through him too. He was the only thing between her and his mother. His hands caught fire. A sleepy smile spread across the woman's face, as if she had already won. Leo screamed with desperation. His visions turned red. Flames washed over the earthen woman, the walls, the locked doors, and Leo lost consciousness. When he woke, he was in an ambulance. The paramedic tried to be kind. She told him the warehouse had burned down. His mother hadn't made it out. The paramedic said she was sorry, but Leo felt hollow. He'd lost control, just like his mother had warned. Her death was his fault. Soon the police came back to get him, and they weren't as nice. 
The fire had started in the rake room, they said, right where Leo was standing. He'd survived by some miracle, but what kind of child locked the doors of his mother's workplace, knowing she was inside, and started a fire? Later, his neighbors in the apartment complex told the police what a strange, how strange the boy was. They talked about the burnt handprints at the picnic table. They'd always known something was wrong with Esperanza Valdez's son. His relatives would not take him. His aunt Rosa called him a diablo and shouted at the social workers to take him away. So Leo went to his first foster home. A few days later, he ran away. Some foster homes lasted longer than others. He would make joke, would joke around, make new friends, pretend that nothing bothered him, but he always ended up sooner, running sooner or later. It was the only thing that made the pain feel better, feeling like he was moving, getting further and further away from the ashes of that machine shop. He'd promised himself he would never play with fire again. He hadn't thought about the Akalita or the sleeping woman wrapped in earth robes for a long time. He was almost to the woods when he imagined Tia Kalida's voice. It wasn't your fault, little hero. Our enemy wakes. It's time to stop running. Hera? Leo muttered. You're not even here, are you? You're in a cage somewhere. There was no answer, but at least Leo understood something. Hera had been watching him his entire life. Somehow she'd known that one day she would need him. Maybe those fates she mentioned could tell the future. Leo wasn't sure, but he knew he was meant to go on this quest. Jason's prophecy warned them to beware the earth, and Leo knew it had something to do with that sleeping woman in the shop, wrapped in robes of shifting dirt. You'll find your destiny, the Akalita had promised. Your hard journey will finally make sense. Leo might find out what that flying boat was in his dreams meant. He might meet his father or even get avenge his, on his mother's death. But first things first, he promised Jason a flying ride. Not the boat from his dreams, not yet. There wasn't time to build something that complicated. He needed a quicker solution. He needed a dragon. He hesitated at the edge of the woods, peering into absolute blackness. Owls hooted, and something far away hissed like a chorus of snakes. Leo remembered that Will Solis had told him. No one should go in the woods alone, definitely not unarmed. Leo had nothing. No sword, no flashlight, no help. He glanced back at the lights of the cabins. He could turn around now and tell any, everybody he'd been joking. Psh, Nisha, Nissa could go on the quest instead. He could stay at camp, learn to be part of Hephaestus' cabin. But he wondered how long it would be before he, he looked like his bunkmates, sad, dejected, convinced of his own bad luck. They cannot stop me from breaking your spirit, the sleeping woman had said. Remember this night, little hero, when they ask you to oppose me. Believe me, lady, Leo muttered. I remember, and whoever you are, I'm going to faceplant you hard, Leo style. He took a deep breath and plunged into the forest. And that was the end of chapter 11 with Leo. Thank you guys for listening to me read this chapter. And uh, I would just like to thank you all so very, 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 very much for 20,000 downloads. Um, now, you may ask, why, why are you counting downloads? Well, the thing is, I can't see how many followers I get on Spotify, which is usually what something w someone would... Um, like count but i can't see that so i mean i have no idea if i have two or 300 400 followers there which kind of sucks but i mean what what can i do about it so um and i can't see like listens overall but so i, I count downloads because it's yeah i want to count something and i mean 
Uh, it's kind of boring to count chapters. So, um, yeah, but thank you guys so very, very much for 20,000 downloads. And with that, Isaac, out. Thank <laughs> you.